Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pro with another Rising Tide Encore episode. I picked some of my favorite guests over the course of four and a half years, and Vlad Mukertumian is one of my favorites, and I asked him to come back on and kind of give us a, a just a quick update. Man, it's been it's been over four years since you first came on the pod here, Vlad. It's so so good to see you again. Thank you so much. I'm completely honored. You know, I'm sure all the other guests are better than me, and I don't know how I managed to squeak by here, but I, I'll I'll try to do the most I can with this episode. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been a long, a long. It's been four years. It's a long time. Has been four years. Well, Joel, just for those that are listening, listening new, just give us a quick bio and and we'll get rolling. Yeah. So <clears throat> basically, my name is Vlad Mukatumian. I'm on my third company now, which is Logic Inbound over here on the top left of my screen, which uh, I got a virtual background. Looks like I'm working out of NASA. <laughs> um, I, I started out doing just me and my cousin. You know, we just needed money at like 16, 17. We go to garage sales. Then we started doing apps on the Android app store got 300,000 downloads, made a couple thousand. Um, then I ended up with a CRM business. My cousin, he's my partner. You know, we that company ended up doing around five to 10K a month. And then this company, Logic Inbound, is about, this is going to be year seven next year. And this is my first uh, seven-figure business. Wow. Well, congratulations. That is, that's awesome. That it's changed. A, a lot has changed. For, a lot has changed in the four years since we talked, for sure. But uh, that, recap really quickly. We were talking off camera just for a second. Recap 2018 again. I think you yes. said you had had a nice list there in Instagram. It was a post. great year. Yeah. So 2018, when I met you, Kevin, uh, for the first time, I think in September is when we did that episode, uh, the fourth or something like that, I was on uh, 30 under 30. I'm actually aging myself now, but I'm uh, 31 today, I guess. But I was on 30 under 30 um, for this local magazine, 425 magazine, who I met the the CEO randomly at a Starbucks. He, he literally just said the word entrepreneur and I started a conversation with him and he said, you should apply. And I actually got on the cover of that magazine. And uh, then I also, the month before I ran a marathon and then I ran five miles extra just to prove that I could do anything to myself. And uh, yeah, and then I was, yeah, I was, uh, I was grinding. I was a little bit scared. I'm a lot less scared today. And I didn't even call myself an entrepreneur. You can, you can call me an entrepreneur today. I guess, but back then I said, you know, uh, we were doing around half a million dollars. Um, we're going to do about 1.6 this year. And I, uh, I just didn't feel like an entrepreneur yet, you know? And then this year I said, you know what, Vlad, you're playing like mental games with yourself. Like you're an entrepreneur, you kind of hit, hit over the seven figure mark. And, uh, you know, now I'm, there's more greatness to come. So going back to 2018, I mean, your staff was pretty small. You know, I know you had some like contractors that you were working with and stuff like that, but who was, who was there then versus what does it look like today? It's really, it's actually kind of, I guess it's happy and sad. So the, 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 my partner and I are still together. Um, and then we had three, so I guess one person still with the company. And then we basically, everybody's changed that year. I think the partner that we merged with, he wanted to leave and we're still on great terms and then we brought in another partner, bought him out again, actually the second partner. Now we're actually on our third partner. And, and this one, we, after going through the third partner, me and my cousin, I think are confident that this one will last for a while um, with the way we structured things. And then um, 
what else? I have a gal that worked for me for over eight years. Actually, she's been on the journey with me. She's still on the team. Probably we had a handful of like six or seven. Today, we have a team size of about 12. Mm. But Kevin, man, there's been ups and downs. In fact, literally last September, we actually did our, our cuts. So we went from 25 down to 13. I did 12 cuts in a day. I did mm. layoffs. So that I've is the, the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur. It's uh, the, you're the CEO. You you take the good with the bad. But um, yeah, it's that, that's it's a tough life. It's a tough life, and it's not for everyone, is it? It's not for every. You know, that's funny you say that because I think this every week is like I have a recurring message in the theme. And yeah, I guess that's kind of this week's theme because a team member was asking me this. They said, Vlad, you know, I'm not as incentivized from commissions or bonuses or making my own money. And I said, you know, that's how entrepreneurs do it. Right. Like if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be your own business owner, there's no guaranteed paycheck. You're doing some tasks sometimes. Yep. You don't know if they're going to pay. Right. If you want to get paid for sure, you become an hourly employee. And I said, not, you know, I, I think everybody's equal. Not everybody needs to be as crazy as me. And as uh, you know, like I want to conquer the universe, take over the world. Some people are fishermen and they fish every day and they live a wonderful life just as great as mine. It's fulfilling for them, you know. So that's a that's a great question. I, I'm probably jumping ahead because I kind of wanted to get into this later in the in the chat. But but yeah. uh, let's focus on on just the life of an entrepreneur. What what has driven you to be that? Because it sounds like to me that you've you've been pretty unemployable virtually your whole life. <laughs> um, I've never had a job longer than six months, actually. Um, now I have tried kind of, I never fully committed, I guess is the challenge here because I never got like a real, not that there's like a fake job or a real job. I've never got like a, a high paying, like Microsoft thing type of job. Mm -hmm. So after college, I think for me, my, everybody's story is a little different. Everybody has their own formula for success, but there's always a little variable and clues people can pick up. For me at 19, we had 300,000 downloads in the Android app store already. So I, and I graduated college two years early. I graduated college at 20, just because I got really lucky. My sister did that. And I, I was like, can't let her beat me. So um, <laughs> family so competition. I, I knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, I'm very, I, a lot of luck. Right. And I think recognizing luck is a huge thing as well. I try to control as much of my luck as I can, but uh, um, yeah. So I, I knew that this was kind of going to be my path because of the six, I realized like, wow, 300,000 downloads or 150, I think it was like 150 or something. I was like, this is not normal for like a 19 year old in college mm -hmm. Yeah, where like everybody around me is listening to the teacher and I'm looking at my, like my ad mob account and thinking about the next business thing. And then at the time I was fortunate enough to family members started mentoring me and I started reaching out to successful people and they would reply. And I was like, I, so I was like, I like this path. And, uh, uh, but what makes me, me, it's kind of like what makes you, you, right? It's like, there's all these, it's like, there's all the events the lucky things, you know, being in love America, right. Being an American citizen and all that kind of stuff. And then the freedom with it, right. is huge for an, an immigrant, um, really close to that identity. And then it's also, it's like, you know, the, the genetic hardwiring, like mm -hmm. for me, like I'm left-handed, I'm very, su I'm a super extrovert. So all those things, I think you combine them and that's how everybody gets their own identity. You know, that is, that is absolutely it's interesting that, uh, you know, just some of the, like, traits and characteristics you mentioned i'm left-handed i'm a structure the things that that are just making you unique you know maybe kind of swimming against the stream a little bit but i i am curious were there ever times say especially since say i'd say mid you know 2000 what say 14 15 something like that since then have there been days that you thought what am i doing 
<laughs> I think people will lie to you if they say that they don't go. And one of my favorite quotes, I think, is by like Jim Rohn. Um, it's not really a quote. I guess it's a concept. There's a whole great, there's a lot of great free talks on YouTube. Be careful with YouTube, guys. But uh, basically, because uh, I, I know I have to be. Um, but he talks about life as seasons, you know? So it's like sometimes people are in winter season, right? Where in winter, you know, all the flowers and everything's dead, you know? And then summer, it's kind of everything's blooming, right? You got spring, you got fall. So the question is, what season are you in? And um, <clears throat> a lot of outside things that are out of your control that you can't control, right? And it's hard. And so what I've learned over the years, and this is what I was going to say a little bit before we actually got, jumped in, Kevin, which is smartly you turn on the recording because you're wise. <laughs> I didn't want to miss the gold. There you go. You're smart. Yeah, you're, you, you know, you know, you're good at what you do. I said, you know, I've had everything as high as Amazon literally knocking on our door saying, hey, Vlad, we want to do business with you, right? To, um, and they're obviously a pretty big company, all the way down to, you know, like I said, I had to do layoffs in September, right? I've This year, we closed the state of Washington on a, as, on a deal, right? Um, so we've had a lot of highs. I, I completed a Goldman Sachs, uh, small business, 10 KSB program. So I just did that this year as well. I had to, fl they flew me out to New York for free. It was awesome. Wow. Right. Um, and then all the way to, like I said, like the layoffs were really negative, losing clients, all that kind of stuff. So I really love stoicism because I become a lot more stoic, I guess, because I, I focus on what I can control. That's like the simplest, I guess, way I can summarize stoicism. It's Focus only on what you can control. And I think that that's really easy to say, but really, really hard to do. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you got your entire Marcus Aurelius uh, book bookstore there. <laughs> I do actually have, like I have uh, Epictetus's book right next to me and all that, but uh, uh, it's uh, here, I guess. Oh, it's uh, uh, and, and a Cretian or whatever it's called. You know, I'm going through that. I read a couple of pages or whatever. I've got Charlie Munger's Charlie's Almanac that I go through. I try to listen to about an audible book a week. Um, I've been doing that for the last three years or so. And, uh, you know, I'm always trying to learn. I'm very curious about how everything works, um, you know, so so I think but I think it's important to just only focus on what you can control, because the things that you can't control will just start just, you know, they'll, they'll just start blowing you like a, you're like a kite in the wind right yeah. all over the place and you're frantic. And uh, I, I, I really admire those people, whether they're entrepreneurs or not. The people that really focus on what they can control, I think those are the ones that maximize, um, you know, the, the game, I guess, of life, so to speak, or, or you know, the journey, the journey of life. I, uh, yeah. I, I want to really get into later uh, just kind of lessons you've learned, you know, leading companies or whatever. But I, I would like to take a, a little bit of a rabbit trail real, real quick, just based on what you just said. So let's let, let's talk about Vlad the human just for a second. Let's let's talk about like you know what makes you unique like what time do you get up in the morning and what time do you go to bed what are some of your interests outside of you know how do you how do you balance you know the how do you I guess unplug you know from leading inbound logic yeah um and by the way we, we so many people have said inbound logic and logic email we actually thought of buying that other domain and we did and then we returned it but um what makes me unique Logic inbound. Um, sorry, no, no, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm I'm reading backwards on my screen. Nah, here. No, 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 it's perfect. Um, um, I, I, it's hard. It's hard to say what makes me unique. Like I was born left-handed. I was born not being able to speak English, right? Because I spoke Russian. So off the bat, my mindset was I'm different, right? It was like this rebellious mindset. And then when I got here, you know, it was at six years old. I have like these kind of different, vivid like memories of bullying or feeling like an outsider. Right. 
So that really, I feel like I really held tightly. And then it was like, at a certain point, I was like, screw it. Okay, well, if I'm different, then I'm going to be the best different you'll ever see, right? Mm -hmm. Type of thing. So that was kind of like made me, I guess, me in my unique way. But I always like to tell people, everybody thinks they're a special snowflake, right? <laughs> so um, that's the other thing, right? And so I just feel like I'm just human and I can do whatever I put my mind to just like anybody else, right? And so there's just a little bit of, uh, I guess, that backstory of like, I'm left-handed. I can't, you know, like in, in my backstory. And then, you know, so so then I just started, there's that. Um, you know, there's the being Armenian is another thing, right? It's like mm -hmm. the very small population of the world's Armenian, yeah. right? So it's like all these things makes me think I'm different and special. I'm probably not that special, right? Like I tell my friends this, I think history is always very revisionist, right? Like mm -hmm. today, um, you know, and I'm obviously like, I, have, I still don't even feel like I'm successful. I just feel like I'm human, but you know, like I have a long way to go, but let's take a look at somebody really successful like Bezos, right? Like he might say, I always had this grand vision and all that kind of stuff. But I was fortunate enough to meet um, one of the best uh, uh, entrepreneurs and, and kind of businessmen, uh, one of the co-founders of Costco at 21. And he told me that none of these billionaires thought they'd be billionaires, right? Nobody really knows right. what they're going to do. At 15, at 16, 17, I wanted to be a musician. So I worked at a music store and I would go literally, and it was by accident. I would go door to door just looking for jobs. I remember I was at a restaurant. None of the restaurants wanted me. They were wise. <laughs> but basically, uh, uh you know, then, then a music store took me and I was like, this is perfect because I want to be a musician. And, uh, you know, I did that and I kind of failed there. So I was like, okay, well, that's not a fit. And and, and then I kind of almost by accident, I fell into business. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I would have been a business like uh, business person in, in, in hindsight, right? Like it's almost kind of like people saw, like there's like these threads that kind of connect yep. that you never, never knew, you know? But I think, you know, like for, for me personally, like when I go to sleep, I go, I try to go to sleep at like it's around 10 o'clock. I wake up at around eight, um, you know, so I'll go to sleep at like 11 or 12 sometimes. And oh, uh, here's something that unique habits though, that we can get into. If, I guess that's what you're asking. Every morning I have like this routine I do. I wake up and the first thing I do is I, I wake up and I basically do 10 pushups and then I start getting into my exercises. That's that's my rule. Like the first thing I do is I as I basically reach for the ceiling. It's kind of weird. And then I just go down so to stretch a little bit. And then I just start doing ten push-ups. And after that, I do whatever workout I want to work out with. And then I count my calories. So I went from I actually had a crazy weight loss journey too since we last spoke. So I went from like one seventy six or something marathon shape when I when I was speaking to you. Then I ballooned up to like two twenty or something like that. And then now I'm back down to 178 because I started counting my calories and et cetera. So I lost probably around 40, 50 pounds. Yeah. So I, I count my calories. Um, and then I, I, I code a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I, I, I try to do a little bit of what I love every day. Right. So like if I want to code, maybe I don't have time to really code, but I'll set like a one minute timer and then I'll click and then 60 seconds will go by. And then I'll, I'll code as much as I can. And then I won't look at the timer. And then if I look at it, then I'll say, okay, let's try two minutes. And that's, <laughs> then I can try to code again. Then I'll go three, four. And then basically if I'm doing something hard, that's like my little hack, but I'll use this little trick to just like, let's say if I want to do something, I'll find a couple minutes to do it every day. And uh, um, lastly, I think the most unique thing that all my friends would tell you about me is I love people and I just love people to death and I love connecting people. And I have this habit of actually reaching out to one seven-figure person a day. So one thing I actually did 
in maybe 2019, the year before 2020, is I ran, I created a seven-figure only business owner event. Mm. I used to do a bunch of, seven years ago, I did a bunch of startup events. Yep. And it all everybody in the room was actually a seven-figure plus owner, at least to my knowledge, except me at the time. I had a half a million dollar business. <laughs> but connecting people has been huge as well. I guess those are kind of the things that I feel like are quote-unquote special. I feel like- You started knows. your own like EO, you know, your, your own entrepreneur organization. Basically, yeah. I mean, and, and I've gotten great, you know, I have a, a lot of awesome mentors because of that, right? We've had everybody from the local, you know, whatever flower shop owner, insurance agent owner speak all down to the, all, up to the president of Microsoft spoke at, wow. at the, the meetup group. Yeah. So, um, but I love doing, I love doing those events and I love connecting people. I, I, I you know, being, I guess, kind of going back to the immigrant thing, right? I guess that that is what makes me unique. I feel like with the right soil, anybody can grow into what they need to grow, so to speak, right? So like in another, you know, life, right? Like, um, you know, maybe I'm a janitor somewhere, right? And maybe somebody else has a marketing agency, right? Like I have, I have a super supportive family, right? My family never once really questioned my entrepreneurial path. In fact, they said, you need to go for it. I, I know, you know, people and other family members who, you know, these are in, within the same family. They're like, hey, you know, don't do business. Go get a job. You know, mm. go get a degree. So it's very unique circumstances. Um, yeah, I the two things that that come to mind since you know we first met and we've we've connected you know a couple of times in between those those times as well. And and I it's really interesting because you connected with you connected me with people, and I've tried like to that. connect you with people as well in that in that course of time, but. Uh, I would say the two things that really stick out, the two traits that I think stick out for me the most about you are disciplined. You are uber disciplined really? and the fact that you are a great networker. Thank you. No I doubt. Those two things that. are, are just, they just, they ooze out of you, you know? And that's, that's so interesting. And I really, that I take that to heart, you know, the networker thing, it comes, uh, I guess, naturally because I've been doing it for so long. Um, I was, so here's a fun fact about me. I was actually really nerdy and I probably am still today. I will take that nerd, <laughs> nerd badge and wear it. So I die. But in high school, you know, no girlfriend first kiss at like 19, right? Like I was not a, I was not like a big jock guy, right? Even though I did, you know, different sports and whatnot, but basically I ended up becoming, I ended up taking the job in college as a campus tour guide because I knew it would give me the excuse to talk to other people. And so that networker, uh, tip, you know, like for me at, at like, uh, I guess, no, not even 19. It was 17, 18, 17. So 17, 18, I got that campus tour guide job. Right. And I had it for around, I, I guess around that time. Anyways, long story short, it helped me get out of my, my shell. Yeah. And that really helped me become a lot more, I guess, skilled. And then I go to startup events. So that I think comes naturally now to me. And I love connecting people. The disciplined co compliment you gave me it's so, it's amazing, right? Like, I love to hear that because that I really, what's funny is I'm never disciplined enough when it comes to myself. Like, I don't know what it is. Well, that that's just your own self-criticism, you know, yeah. uh, because, because if you compare your daily routine with somebody, you know, next to you out there, that the average person out there, I mean, they are highly unmotivated and highly undisciplined, you know, you yeah, it's it's amazing that that to see what you've done. It's interesting because a, a year after you and I, maybe six months after you and I talked, I went on my own weight loss journey and I lost fifty two pounds in about six months. Wow! And um, yeah, but then it's interesting because I got really sick because I had lost it so quickly. 
Oh, and my, no. my own body would not recover. Like my, my blood pressure dropped and, and I got severely dehydrated, it put me in the hospital for like three days, yes. but, um, it was it. Yeah. I, I am actually planning on heading that same way again in January with a little more wisdom, I think behind, but, uh, I was just, you know, just walking and, and, um, counting calories. That's exactly right. Yeah. That it's was, simple. Uh, yeah. And that's funny you say that actually, because when I ran my marathon, the first time I ran it, I ran maybe 24 miles or whatever. It wasn't even a marathon. And then like both of my toenails fell out and I didn't train and I did it the fast way. But then the second time when I fully completed it and then ran miles after, I was a lot smarter about it because I had that experience. Yeah. So I think the second time around is you're going to obviously do even better, Kevin. Now, my question for you, I'm going to ask a, que a couple questions this time as well. What makes, what do you feel like gives you the edge when it comes to discipline, right? You lost that weight, which is awesome. Um, I think it was just looking in the mirror and going, I, I, this is not acceptable. <laughs> this is, yeah, don't, I turned sideways in the mirror and thought, this is not what I, who I want to be, you know, and it was enough to, to be that, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind of a life, you know, are you, are, are you looking in the mirror and are you, are you asking yourself the question, is this who you want to be? And you just choose whatever it is, whether it's weight loss, whether it's where you are in, in life, business, you know marriage, whatever that is, is this where you want to be? And if not, what are you going to do to change that? And it is, uh, it's a, a two simple questions, but, but it's, they're so powerful if you, and then after, after a short period of time, it was almost like it became so habitual that I like, I would miss it. Like if, if it was raining one day and I didn't walk eight miles or whatever, I would like you know, it's like, like almost like a needing a cigarette, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I'm having a little withdrawal symptoms here. I got to get out of the house and walk around. So, um, I love those, that. Are, those are the, the, it's yeah, but Hey, this is, this is your show, not mine. So no, uh, but it's I, great. I'm the host. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know, you gotta, I always gotta learn from everybody and that's a great, that's so great. Cause I do the same thing. So I, you know, I you know, consider myself a jogger, right? So not a week goes by, I like a minimum What a bad week, I'll do like maybe two miles, three miles, right? On a great week, right? I'll do 10, 15, et cetera. I don't do marathons anymore. Cause I, when I, when I ran that marathon, I was like, nobody needs to work out for seven hours in a row. I was like, <laughs> I was like my body's getting no like health benefits out of this, right? This is hey, just but like, you got a sticker for the back of your car though. It says like, well, actually, I don't even have a sticker. So that's the funny part. So on my Instagram, uh, you can actually see, I recorded, I just did a run keeper app and I just kept track. I found four baseball fields. And we just ran in a circle around those baseball fields. Like I didn't do it in a group mm -hmm. or anything like that. I, I didn't, you know, but, um, but, but what, what I did actually is like the more, there's this great book, Atomic Habits by James Clear that yeah. I just re-listened to. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Every action you take is a vote for who you want to become. Mm. And what you can do, I was actually writing it down the other day. I also, I guess every night before I go to sleep, here's another one that makes me unique. Um, I rate myself from a scale of one to 10 on health, wealth, and relationships. That's like my whole life's journey has been health, wealth, relationships. I started focusing on health, wealth, relationships since I was 21. That's when I met the co-founder of Costco, who really impacted me. I only got to meet him one time, but I took, took notes. I lost that journal like a fool. But luckily, I remembered he said, health, wealth, relationships, focus on those things, lad, and you'll be fine. So that I rate myself every night on those things. And I write like what I did. And, um, you know, James Clear, he likes to say that, uh, you know, you every action you do, it just kind of reinforces that pattern in your brain of like, okay, this is easy, you know, and then you start doing it without thinking about it. That's when you know, you've, you've kind of hit that place of, of success, I would say, or, or habituation. 
So what I do, I actually, I, I, here's my little hack. I have my music going. I, I could not jog without my, my headphones. So mm-hmm. I, I listen to my favorite music while I jog and these headphones are only for jogging. So I just use them for, for jogging. And then also I'm allowed to have a piece of gum when I jog. So I'll basically, that's kind of my thing. And then if I'm out of gum, I'll actually jog to the gas station and then jog back. <laughs> and it's like a little reward. It's like a, yeah. like a Pavlovian dog. Well, I guess one thing I've learned more since we spoke, and I knew this a little bit because I got a psychology bachelor's, but today, um, you know, going through psychology is like, we are really, really affected by our environment, by our own thoughts. Everything is basically, here's my understanding, my flawed understanding of the human experience. Everything around you is basically a cue, right? So everything around you like really kind of affects you a lot more than you know it. And so I think one of the best habits people could actually build is the habit of making the things that you need to do that you know are the best version of you, making those as easy as possible. And then Mm. the things that you know, like watching TV or whatever, right? Making those as hard as possible to do. And so that's the one habit I'm trying to focus on now. Um, and you know, so it's like, if I'm going to go jogging, you know, like prepare ahead of time, get the shoes, get the socks, get everything ready. So I don't even have to think about it. I think that's, that's a big thing that I've learned over time. I mean, it it does talk about, you know, habit forming talks about, you know, laying out your workout clothes the night before puts your alarm clock on the other side of the room. So it's not beside the bed. You can hit the snooze button, you know, that type of thing. And, uh, and, and follow a routine, make sure stuff, if if you drink a, a green you know smoothie every morning, make sure that those ingredients are laid out. That that you do that. Make sure you're not you know you don't have the sugar cereal, you know, yeah, easy access or whatever. Yeah, and it's a lot easier. All this stuff's obviously a lot easier said than done. But you know, I guess we're gonna take it back to business, right? So or, or startups out there, right? Like yep. so, right now I'm you know testing kind of actually my my fourth startup idea right now. Believe it or not, um, me and my cousin are kind of doing it on the weekends, and then uh, you know I kind of I like to do business for fun as well, or you know like for fun I like meditate, I'll read, I'll exercise, friends, all that. But startups is also like I do for fun on the side, and uh, um, you know who knows if the next idea is going to be successful or not, whatever, right? But this business, the way I took it off, right, is or the the way it took off to the next to the seven figure level, right? Like we were stuck at like this half a million dollar ceiling for the longest time is it came to me like this realization just came to me randomly one day is the concept of profit, right? So like your habits, what are they? Habits are just actions that you do, right? And a company is just really a company of people. It's just multiple people that do things together, right? And so I took a look and it's so simple. I took a look at our people and I said, which of these people are actually profitable are actually making us money? Hmm. And it's so stupid, right? Because, you know, it's like, Vlad, why didn't you just do this from day one? But I looked at our team members and I said, which roles can we actually hire for that would make us more money and that are working out, right? And so uh, basically one of our team members, my cousin was like, oh, well, that person right there, they're making us money. I was like, why don't, I was like, well, why don't we have more of those roles, you know? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, let's, let's start hiring for that role more, right? So we started like creating little departments, you know? So first it was like a group of like three profit centers. Exactly. You call them profit centers. But then I said, this department, right? If it can make money. You know, for instance, if you know that leads are valuable or profitable to your company, right? How much does it cost to acquire that lead? Do you have somebody running a system? And then can you have other people in that system? So that's what happened. Mm. And this year, so then we went from half a million. So we went from actually, we, we went from 400K to about a million, right? And then this year, we're probably gonna do about 1.65. And this year though, I almost, the reason I do layoffs this year is not even because of the recession or whatever, right? Luckily, I, we had to do layoffs early. But it's because um, 
because I actually went all after all revenue, you know? So that's the other thing I learned, right? There's all these entrepreneurs you guys will hear that like, like I talked to a guy the other day, he was like, I have, you know, hundred million, whatever, 70 million in assets, right? <laughs> Cause like we're going to do 1.6, our profit margin is like 6%, right? So it's like how much, it's not like 1.6 million is going in my pocket, you know? Or so basically next year, right? Uh, my whole goal is going to be take that, do the exact same revenue, maybe about even 2 million, right? So it's not unrealistic for me to say 2 million, right? So right. basically that's like a 20% growth, but so maybe 2 million, right? But have a, a really high profit margin. I would much rather be the guy who makes $400,000 a year total in revenue. And it, you know, just basically it all going to me versus the person that runs a $10 million company. I mean, I knew a kid and he was a kid because he's like in his early 20s to me now, but basically he ran an e-commerce company. He did three to 5 million and he quit. I was like, why'd you quit? He said, oh, I was making 30K a year. So, wow. so the finance Pretty element margins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot, but anyways, yeah. So I take a look at the finance element and, and, and the, the, the profit areas, right. Of, of the business. And then I say, okay, well, how can we replicate those things? And they have to be scalable. Your mm -hmm. first, your first objective when you start a company is, okay, how do I actually make money? Cause you actually need to survive after you hit that level. It's like, okay, well, how do we actually replicate myself and make it scalable? And there's at different sizes, you're going to use different growth channels. Um, yeah. I mean, I've learned a lot about business, I guess. So whatever, yeah. Or startups, I guess, but business more. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. I'm a little curious and you can, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. And then, oh, then otherwise you, you can kind of kind of say, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to say that till later, but I'm curious yeah. what the, what's the vertical that you and the cousin are, are looking at as, as the next version of, of uh, the company startup that you, you're looking at. Great question. So yeah, for the agency, we're just like a generic marketing agency, um, you know, we're looking at mold removal for the agency, but really we, we, we actually did healthcare and we're getting a lot of healthcare leads now, mm -hmm. but for the startup, um, the startup idea is around recruiting is around automating the recruiting process. And it's just that it's really right now, it's really in the infantile stages. We're going to be, I'm actually going to be pitching, um, you know, some of my friends later today to see if they pay for it. And if they don't want to pay for it, then I'm going to get back, go back to the drawing board because, um, one thing I guess I've never been really shy about is criticizing myself. Yeah, I think it really helps me stay objective. And uh, so I'm just going to take a look at the results. Like, okay, well, we pitched 20 people or, you know, 20 to 50 people on this idea and, uh, you know, didn't work out, you know, on to the next. That's the other thing, by the way, Kevin, that's changed since we last spoke is this version of Vlad. I've done over a thousand cold dials. So cold calls, I've actually closed four clients from cold calls. So wow. I can sell a lot better mm -hmm. now than even in the past. And one thing I learned was you don't get very wealthy just by banging your head against the, like, I used to think it was all tenacity and willpower, but my mentor, one of my mentors actually was talking to me the other day. He said, Vlad, I couldn't do cold calls for more than a month. And I was like, what the hell? I was like, I just did a thousand of these. He's like, Hey man, that's your business, not mine. I was like, oh. <laughs> so, you know, so now I'll do maybe 20 to 50, you know, maybe a hundred max. And I'll see like, what are the results that I get? Right. Do I even get one person that's going to buy or that's interested you know, versus the amount of time and effort I put in and then I'll pivot. So yeah, I guess, I guess, and, and also seeing it as one thing, but experiencing it, it really, you know, drives the lesson in. So. I mean, I love the fact that you're letting kind of the market dictate, you know, you, you don't get so married to your ideas and so in love with your ideas that you, you can't, you know, you can't let them go when the, you know, let it die when it needs to die and, and move on to the next thing. So it's uh. It's interesting that let's I I want to I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit here right at the end about like is it important 
in your mind as for, for an entrepreneur to be passionate about what they do or are they just passionate about business? That's a that's a that's an awesome question. You know, I had a mentor who, and I'm gonna give you the the I guess the PG version of his answer, but he said, Vlad, if I just did what I was passionate about, I would just be dating women my whole life. <laughs> but uh basically I think I think it's a combination, right? Just like anything. In fact, um, I was telling you earlier today, Kevin, before we even flipped on the episode, I'm reading uh Charlie Munger's uh Charlie's Almanac, right? And he has something called the Lola Palooza effect, right? Where it's basically he says the reason things take off, like you take a look at Facebook or uh, by the way, you guys, if you have the the stomach and, and patience to read Charlie's Almanac, I, I really uh, advise you do. It's, it's a phenomenal book. But basically the Lola Palooza effect is basically a large combinatorial amount of factors that drive a field. So probably butchering the, I always tell people also, like I'm butchering this stuff because you're getting a secondhand versus the primary source. But the long story short of, uh, of it is, that if you take see a company like Facebook or you see a company like Microsoft take off, right? It's not just that Bill Gates was a genius, right? It's not just that he was super passionate about the field. You asked about passion, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not just that uh, you know his his family was already very wealthy and his mom knew uh, you know a lot of CEOs and and they I think they got them their first client as well, right? It's a it's a combination, right? So for me, like this this tech uh, recruiting kind of AI idea. It's I'm passionate about technology, right? So I'm definitely passionate about that. And I can see that obsession growing, right? Because I don't think you can just put somebody in one hole, like Vlad, who can't like, you know, like, oh, you can never jog. You can never, no, it's like, people aren't like that, right? There's multiple things we're human. So I have a huge obsession about technology, but then also I love that you get to give back in recruiting. You get to get, get people jobs, right? So there's that mission. And then I'm not going to pretend like there's not a lot of money in recruiting, right? Like you take yeah. a look at Indeed, you take a look at these other platforms, right? If we're smart about it, right, there's a there's a company that can be built here. So that's how I look at it, right? Those are like three little rings. And I'll give you one last one. I'm actually finishing up this book called Noise by by Daniel Kahneman. And it's uh it's not the the most fun, it's a bit dry, but the dry stuff is actually the most kind of useful information, I guess. Um, and he says that when people make judgments and decisions, right, that most of the time they'll look at all these different factors. And most of the time when we make decisions, we'll do it a like a clinician where we have a gut feel and then we do a quick calculation and then we'll make a decision. And he says, that's actually less effective. He says, if you just create a simple formula, you know, and then make a decision that way, you'll make better decisions. So if you're trying to, so forget about the passion, right? Like you can say, Hey, you know, I'm going to start a business. My passion scale from one to 10, you know, one to five, I guess should be, you know, whatever, four or above. And then here are the three other factors. If you just create that simple formula, it'll actually outperform your own emotional judgments and the ego. Mm. And I recognize I have an ego. Um, so I always keep it in check. Don't we all? Don't we all, yeah. friend? Man, yeah. what a way to wrap us up today. It, it was uh, it's so good to just circle back with you. And and uh, man, I could we could just chat all day because uh, I mean, you have so many experiences in, in your young years of uh, you know, that you, you're bringing to the table and, and uh, it's making me just think question after question after question that I want to, want to circle back with. So, Hey, I'm just going to have to schedule again next year and, and we're going to, we're going to do another catch up later on in, in the year. So, but Vlad, thanks, man. So what a way to close the year out and, and start 2023 with, uh, with a recording like this and an interview like this. And man, is there anything that you just want to close us out with right real quickly as we, as we shut down here? Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, I could, I could say a lot, right. There's never one thing, right. In life, there's, I think there's a combination of things, right. So you just want to kind of slowly build upon the positive momentum, right. 
And so I guess that's that's my message to everybody to keep it simple, right? You want to keep building upon that positive momentum. And, you know, we're going to hit New Year's soon and everybody's going to have their new New Year's resolutions. But I would say that the fruits are are where, you know, people are different, right? So maybe, guys, instead of looking at the whole year, you break your goals down into quarters, right? Like maybe Fortune 500 companies do. You don't have 90-day goals, right? Yeah. Be able to, to think uh, long-term and short-term. Um, you know, and if anybody's interested in business, one of the best books I've read on starting startups is the most practical is uh, the book Rework by Jason Fried. And he also talks about passion in that book. Like you want to solve your own problems, right? But you also uh, want to be able to go out and uh, make sure that there's, you know, dollar values attached. So, so yeah, guys, one step at a time, you know, there's no secrets. There's no, you know, I'm no guru. I have no course to sell you. Right. So, you know, just do your best and focus on what you can control. Vlad, thank you again for, for taking time. And uh, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Holidays coming up. But uh, just thanks again for coming back on the show and just sharing more insights and really just once again, playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Vlad, thanks again, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.